Hey there and welcome to Apocalypse Movies. I'm Jacob Bartley. Before we get started here, we just wanted to tell you a little bit more about our channel. Of course, we discuss things all movie related and we also focus on Star Wars and geek culture. So if that's what you're into, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would really, really appreciate it. You can also find us on all podcast platforms, including Anchor, Apple, and Spotify. Thanks for watching us and enjoy the show. Good morning, world, and welcome to Apocalypse Now, our main weekly show on Apocalypse Movies, where we talk some movie news and talk anything going on in the world of movies, what we've been watching, um, even some TV stuff, too. I am your host, Jacob Bartley, and I am joined by just Mr. Jake Berlin today. It is a two-man show today. Um, a lot of the guys are busy. Brian's in Hawaii, um, hopefully enjoying himself. Hi, Brian, if, if you're watching this later on, because we're not live. We are not live today. We are not live today. <laughs> Not live, but I'm sure he'll be watching this later on. Um, we got some really cool stuff to talk about, maybe something that I am really excited about. A bunch of things I'm really excited about. Um, so so we'll get into it today. But Jake, man, how you been? It's holiday season. You enjoying yourself? Yeah, I am. It's uh, December. The year's wrapping up. Work has been a little wild. Um, yeah. you know, end of the year stuff, especially with my business. But uh, I'm... It's always good to have a little bit of break and talk some movie stuff because we see each other once, maybe twice a week, and it's gonna be fun just the two of us. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah, I'm loving life right now. I just finished, wrapped up my school. Yeah, semester. you congrats. I know you're not graduating, you. but yeah, but every semester is a win, yes, man. Every yes. semester is a win. And I'm so <laughs> excited. I almost gave up halfway through, but I didn't, and I got like. Uh, we'll see how my grades turn out. I've got like two A's and a B and a C. We'll see how, how it goes. That's good enough for me. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm just, I'm really excited to catch up on some movies. I've been doing so. Um, speaking of that, I mean, our first topic is what we've been watching lately. Before we get into our main movies that we're going to talk about, just really quick, a couple things I've caught up on. Yeah. Which I caught up on Booksmart. Amazing. I caught you, up. Wait, that was the first time you've seen it? Yes. Oh, man. Dude, uh, it's crazy. It's so I mean, funny. You went, what day did you end school? Yesterday. Um, <laughs> and but I've been watching movies this past week. Every like, every every day this week, you'd be like, "Oh my god, this movie! Exactly. Oh my god, this movie!" <laughs> so the thing is, like, I've been doing final stuff, and I'm just like, I'm put on a movie while I do totally, it. Totally, you know. Totally. And uh, so I I watched. Yes, dude. Knowing me, my taste in movies, <laughs> book smart. I'm sure you know. I freaking totally. love that movie totally. so much. Um, also, um, what's it called? The Seth Rogen, um, movie, um, Long, oh, long shot. shot. Incredible. Like, I... It's in my top ten of the year so far. Still. I, still. It's still sitting there. I was... I wanted to watch that movie. But the thing, when... Because, I mean, I know you love Charlize Theron, but you're not the biggest Seth Rogen fan. So, when you came back and told me that this is... You love this movie, I was like, okay. If he loves a movie where Seth Rogen's, like... Police. Because it's not classic Seth well, Rogen. Very true. He's very um, like toned down mm -hmm. in this movie. He still has his. Oh, Seth it's Rogen still Seth Rogen abilities, like the but... stair scene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the the scene where he checks into the, the the security and he's putting all his stuff into the box. Dude, I gotta say, yeah. if when when you put Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron on paper, it is so awkward. Mm -hmm. It, it is incredible. Their chemistry is so good. Absolutely. It is so good. Yeah, it definitely works. And so it's funny because, I mean, this I feel like this happens a lot every year, but it's like I watch movies at the end of the year that I'm like, oh my goodness, these are some of my favorite movies of the year. And those two definitely are. Um, I think that was it. Um, well, we're going to talk about one together yeah. we've both seen. Yes. Marriage Story. But as far as catching up on movies that came out a long time ago, those were a couple that I did. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, so I, I've kind of done a lot of watching too. Uh. We're going to talk about Marriage Story. Yeah. Um, I got a chance to see Honey Boy, the Shia LaBeouf movie that he wrote. This film is incredible. It is absolutely I incredible. I can't wait to see it, yeah. Um, his performance, I cannot believe he didn't get nominated for Globes. Um, I'm, I, we're still waiting for the Oscars, obviously. Would he be best supporting? Prob uh, probably. I don't know, man. He, he could probably be as a lead. He, probably, it, so it's, he plays his dad, It's right? kind of a co-lead, yeah. yeah. Um, the story is... It's incredible, and the way it's written and directed specifically. And Lucas Hedges, who was in Manchester by the Sea, oh. um, he is in, he plays a, a a an older version of Shia, yeah. the kid in the movie, mm -hmm. who's played by Noah Jupe. Who Noah Jupe is incredible. He's the um, have you seen Ford v Ferrari yet? No. 
So he's Christian Bale's son in that movie. Nice. Um, but yeah, this... Yeah, dude, I love Lucas Hedges, man. He was nominated for Manchester He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah, in so, uh, Lady Bird. Yeah. Yes, you're right, right. So if anybody gets a chance to go see Honey Boy, go see Honey Boy. This movie is one of the best movies of the year. Um, but then the other movie I saw, and we'll, we'll get the marriage story because we both got to see it, but I watched Michael Bay's Six Underground. Nice. This is the most Michael Bay movie of all time. <laughs> it looks like it. it uh, it Ryan Reynolds has like been promoting it, it as Mike, the most Michael Bay movie of all time. This movie is effing bonkers. <laughs> it is. It. I'm. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good. But it was entertaining. I don't it got is, it. I cannot believe that this movie actually got made. Like that. So what's funny about it is I would have loved to have seen this movie directed by someone else because I feel like it would have been really, the bones of it are really good. The story because it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Rennick who did the Deadpool movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so they have good writing uh, uh, backgrounds, but then you throw Michael Bay in it, and that goes out the window. Oh yeah, that just completely goes. You can like, write the greatest script in the world and give it to Michael I've, Bay. I've <laughs> never seen. More, I've never seen Michael more Bay cars movie. in yeah. my life split directly down the middle like he does. It. <laughs> it is. I I can't believe that. Oh my god! It's just just watch. It's it's wild. It is absolutely wild. I have nothing to lose except a couple hours, right? And the, <laughs> but the cast the cast is really good. Like. The cast that he assembled is really cool and really different from each other. But man, is it crazy. It is just... There's a 30-minute car change scene to open. What? I swear to you. Yeah. I... It... And... Oh, man. It's... Yeah. I, well, you know, I've, I've known about the movie for a while, but I love the trailer when... When Ryan Reynolds is like, you have one shot. Would you let it slip? And then you're like, like is, is that Eminem? Yeah. It plays so much better inside the context of the story. Because like, if you didn't know that was Eminem and you just heard someone saying that, it sounds like a motivation yes. speech. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. So that movie is just wild. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, watch the movie because it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. It, it's the most obnoxious movie. Looks like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, speaking of, do we want to get into Crisis or let's talk Marriage Story? Right, speaking of Netflix story. movies, yeah, Netflix, which movies. you can watch in the comfort of your own home right yeah. now, which I did last night as soon as I got off. So I got off after work. You know, the first night of me going home and not having to do homework in like five months. Um, and I was like, what am I gonna do tonight? Watching Marriage Story, yeah. and um, I've heard great. I had heard great things, and um, I was like, oh wow, like it looked like a a movie that was going to have a lot of you know, prestige because of the performances and all that. But I didn't know it was getting so much Oscar. Yeah. Right? And rightfully so. Oh my goodness. Um, it's it's probably... I mean, I'll have to go through my list, but it might be the most powerful movie. Yeah. It, there's there's a lot of meaning. So, the thing is for me, it's it's always that battle between favorite and best movie. Right? It's like you your your list ends up being like a mixture of those Things, you right? have your biased opinions, but then you really have and to it's think like, about what's great. Like, I still have Endgame as my number one movie, right? But this movie's better. Like, it's this movie is the best movie of the year that I've watched. But it's not my favorite movie. You know what I mean? It's even. It's probably not even my in my top five. But, I think I feel the same way. But it's like if I'm just looking at it, and you can't, you know, have to be subjective with movies. But if you're just like. If you're just really asking me, like, what is the best movie of the year, not your favorite, I might say Marriage Story. Because this movie, um, you know, it, you know, I was drawn to it because of the performers. Like, I, I love Adam Driver. Especially and, in this type of movie. Exactly. Because we've seen them in Star Wars and Avengers and all those things. And, you know, I, I love Adam Driver. Like, he is... I was thinking about it. And the thing for me is, I, I don't even plan to like love actors like i just know because when i see them in something i'm like oh i have to see that and when he comes up at something i have to see i have to see funny enough um my one of my classes this semester was uh, read this one book just all about this one book called don quixote and apparently it's like one of the one of the the greatest novels of all time or something like that so my teacher's like we're gonna watch a movie at the end of the semester and i'm like was it the added driver one and i was like i I was like, I don't, like, did they make a Don Quixote movie? Like, I didn't even know. I was like, that's cool. And then um, we show up, and it's the Adam Driver one. Oh, my and God, yes. And it's the man who killed Don Quixote. Yes. And it's directed by the guy who directed um, Monty, Poth- Monty Python mm-hmm. and the Holy Grail. And have you seen that movie? 
No, I've I've wanted to. So it it's had a long road to get. Yeah, it, it took like twenty five years to get it made. It took a long time, and even Adam Driver filmed it years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've, I've been wanting to see that movie. You I'm check so it out. Jealous. It's, uh, I don't know if it's free on Amazon Video, but it's on Amazon Video. So we watched that in class, and you know, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's entertaining. And the thing for me, I, during point being, when I was watching that movie, I realized like Adam Driver's like one of my favorite actors, man, regardless of Star Wars. And the thing is like. I watched him on Girls before he was ever on Star Wars. Yeah, I didn't I, watch Girls, but that's what everybody talks about. I used about to watch him. Girls, yeah. and he was just the weirdest, most kookiest character. <laughs> that show, like, just an oddball. Yeah. He's an oddball yeah, on that show. Yeah, and then yeah. when he was cast as Kylo Ren, I was like, I could totally see villain. And we didn't know he was Ben Solo at the time. Cool. So, like, I've had this history of just watching Adam Driver, and I love Adam Driver, and... And obviously, he was great in Black Clans. This is his best performance. I think so. I'm, I'm with you. I I, I think this movie, as of right now, I haven't seen everything for the rest of the year because 1917 comes out and some other stuff. Um, I think this movie is a lock for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best. Maybe, man. Maybe it's it's tough. I know but... that um, uh, the woman uh, who is playing uh, Judy Garland, what's her name? Uh, Renee Zellweger. Oh Zellweger yeah, yeah, yeah. Is getting a lot of buzz for her performance. I haven't seen it, yeah. But jo- Scarlett Johansson, this is by far her best performance of her career. Um, maybe Jojo Rabbit kind of can be compared to that. She's put two back-to-back performances in there, rock solid. Um, she would be supporting in Jojo Rabbit, though. Yes, maybe? yeah. Um, but I, I think I, I think Adam Driver is the one that's an absolute lock for her. his his performance is so raw, um, it's so real. Uh, I love that Noah Noah Bomback in multiple situations literally just put a camera up in a corner and let them act to each other. No music, dead silent in a room. They were literally well, just sitting there. So for me, I, thirty minutes into the movie, I, I wrote on our group chat, "Scarjo's winning her Oscar this yeah. year." Because for me, the her scene is when she first meets um, her lawyer. Um, oh yeah, and Laura Dern. And that that pan around and shot. she tells oh, my the God. lawyer the story. So good. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. And then Adam Driver's scene is in the apartment when they have the argument in the yes. apartment near the end of the Yeah. Like I I'm getting like teary-eyed because this movie is it as soon as even the opening of the movie. The opening of the movie is amazing. The letters to each because other. Because it's like them explaining to their counts their marriage mm-hmm. counselor what they like about each other, but they never actually said those things to each other. It was just what they wrote and see he reads the letter that the that moment at the end is is heartbreaking yeah and it's like, absolutely heartbreaking the thing is even though it's set in the world of oh a play director and an actress and all these things things that most people aren't can't relate it's to so real the thing is so many people go through this in real life as far as the, the couple as far as the kid like it's so relatable and that kid was great too. yeah he was really good he was and it's it's realistic it's like it sucks but kids do play favorites with their parents and it's unfortunate obviously he preferred to be with his mom way more than the dad and it and it's sad like it was sad because the dad wants to just be a part of his life you well know? and she she explained it in the opening movie it's funny because right before uh we got here today uh gabby started it at home she started watching it so i got to see the opening again yeah um she explained it in the opening about how he likes all the things you're not supposed to, like getting up in the middle of the night oh, yeah, and yeah, taking yeah. care of him, mm-hmm. sleeping in his bed or sleeping on the ground or whatever. And then that all of a sudden is basically ripped away from him. And you see it in his in his performance about how heartbreaking. Like, it looked like it was physically happening to him and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Like, there weren't actors on screen. It looked like, like he just followed a couple around for a whole time. It's... I, I know, and that's crazy because, and the thing is for me, in the beginning of the movie when they come home from, they they know they're splitting up, right? But they come home from working, I think it was like a- The restaurant. The restaurant, yeah. right? And she says, goodnight, Charlie. And as soon as she turns the corner, she starts breaking down crying. And I was like, that is so realistic. Like, that's how pe- that's how human beings are. And it's just, it's crazy to me. I, I did not expect this from these, from this movie. Like, when I heard about this movie, I was like, interesting, like- that would be a good movie. I didn't think it was going to reach this level. I, I do think that as of right now, it's probably the lead contender for both. I would say so. I mean, I haven't seen everything. Neither have I. Neither. But I mean, you've seen more than I have. And I, you know, 
as far as I can tell, it, it it's this this movie. It it screams Oscars. It really does. Yeah. And, like, all, what are, and Laura Dern should probably be nominated for Best Supporting. She was incredible <laughs> in this movie. She was really good in this movie too. Yeah, Laura Dern, man, she's been killing it like this past she, decade. All dude. three of them have had a great year. A mm-hmm. great year. Scarlett Johansson had Endgame, JoJo, and this. Adam Driver has Star Wars, the movie called The Report. Oh yeah. And then he was in something else earlier. And then Laura Dern, um, you know, Big Little Lies, this, a couple of it. She's back for Jurassic Park. Like, yeah. All three of them are big names, and then I love that Ray Liotta popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. I had no idea who was in oh, this yeah. movie. Oh, I love. I mean, I guess we're doing a spoiler Spoilers, review yeah. of Marriage Story, <laughs> like, like it has like big like Endgame pop points. Yeah. But um, I love when he's like gets rid of the the cheap lawyer and then brings Ray Liotta <laughs> into it, and they're like, and then Laura Dern's like, "Oh crap, we're not playing yep. around anymore. Like yep. we got to do this, 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 yep. like that." I love that. That courtroom scene was. Also I didn't realize it when he. When you see him sitting down writing the twenty five thousand dollar check, I didn't realize it at first, like what he was doing. And then when I, I was like, "Oh, oh that's, I didn't know neither did I." Neither that's did why I. he yeah, was writing twenty five thousand dollar check to to um to, to pay for the lawyer, yeah, 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 yeah. and that was that was cool. I yeah. like that. So yeah. definitely one of the best movies and, of the year. Oh my goodness, the way that so weird how um like they when they talk to each other, I mean they get in arguments, but they they're fine, like they're civil. But then the way the lawyers portray how they feel about each other. That courtroom scene was hard, man. Like That was tough. Because the lawyer wants to know everything. Tell me everything about them, and they're going to use and, that. But they twist. They, anything mm-hmm. they will say, they twist. Even if they didn't say it that way. The entire movie, yeah. it kept going back to the point that they always talked about they wanted to do it themselves. They mm-hmm. wanted to do it themselves. But then the lawyers just started putting things inside their heads to get what they and wanted. It's stupid because how much money did they spend to get Adam to that? Dri- well, Adam Driver had. I didn't. I didn't realize this, but when you get divorced, the male has to pay for half of the woman's lawyer fees. I had no idea. Yeah, they said that. I, I don't know how that works. It, it it must depend on the financial situation, and it might be like that's part of the the agreement in the courtroom. It's like that's Whoa. what the the woman's side is asking for. You know. And it's crazy. And I think they ended up settling on, like, no money involved. Like, yeah. they each well, get to keep they, their they own. They mentioned that his grant for the theater company the was grant. He, she, he doesn't yeah. get some of her TV money exactly. and all that stuff. Which, the way they end up in the movie was, was a great ending. Like, they're friends. And she said, we want to stay friends at the beginning of the movie. And they did. And they're cool. They're going to raise the kid together. He's moved to L.A. And the thing is, they didn't need the lawyers to get to that point. But they just spent so much money on the lawyers. But it's, again, that's real life. Exactly. So, real anyways, life. we could... Dude, it feels like we could have done an hour review yes. on this movie, but I loved it. It's amazing. As of right now, I you know, I still think Joaquin Phoenix is up there for me as Joker, but as of right now, they're both the leads best actor and actress for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you honey boy, any other thoughts on it? No, I mean I I just think that Shia um this guy proves has proven again twice this year that he is a force to be reckoned with on screen. Absolutely, Peter Falcon and this. A lot of people downgrade him because of you know what happened off screen and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and it's portrayed very well in this movie. Yeah, uh, what has happened to him? What happened with his father or stuff like that? Um, he plays the way he plays that character is absolutely incredible. Yeah, um, it's only an hour and a half long. I really really like that. Um, portrays. It's very interesting, and it obviously his father wasn't the greatest person in the world, but the story didn't do it to where like it showed us this is the worst human being. Yeah, um, there's a specific line at the end of the movie that that kind of like rounds it out in a good way. Um, but it, this is definitely one, of them, in my opinion. Yeah, and the thing is, people need to let you know Shia LaBeouf the Shia LaBeouf thing go. Like he. <laughs> He's not. He didn't murder anyone. He's not like physically hurting anybody. He was a weirdo and a douchebag at one point, but he's a great actor. And ever oh. for me, it's ever since um, the movie Fury. Like yeah, I, I love him in that movie. He's just been turning in great performances. And if this movie doesn't like get him a nomination and put him up there to where like people need to start taking him seriously, it's gonna lead to his career. And the thing is, he's so young still. Also, as a writer, he yeah. wrote this movie. Exactly, and I won't be surprised if he starts writing and directing and like that. And like I was just saying, he's still so young because we've known him for a long time because he was a child star, but yeah. still so young. So he has a totally. long career ahead of him. Totally. Yeah. Um. So Crisis on Infinite Earths, man. Wow. I 
Like, this is crazy. I, I've been telling people, like, because most people in my life don't watch these shows. So, like, I'm like, I want to talk about them. I'm excited. And, and I'm like, all right. I try to explain to them, look, just this is basically the Infinity War and Endgame of DC television. Like, put it that way. And it, it basically is kind of no, I agree. I totally the biggest agree event yeah, in the totally. CW, maybe in comic book television history. It totally is. Yeah, I mean, nothing's come close. 100%. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, unfortunately, because of all the news that came out this week, we only have so much time to talk about it. But we'll do a full spoiler review after the Absolutely. two episodes. Yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah, dive yeah. into it probably with like But have you been enjoying it so far? Yeah, I've, I think that there, there's pieces that I don't like. There's, of course. Yeah, me too. Um, I think there's certain execution pieces that just don't stand with me. Um, I think that uh, that there's so much going on that it's hard for them to stay on the same storyline. Well, it kind of happens every crossover. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I still stand by the fact that I I cannot I for the I have no idea why Iris is involved in this. Oh my goodness! All right, no so idea dude, like, why she is. Two months ago, we started talking about this, like how we hate how she gets involved in the action. Scenes it's like the lowest lane stuff. thing in Batman v Superman. Mm -hmm. It's exactly like that. Now I get it. Now they, they have a little bit of a cop out here because, you know, spoilers for Crisis, um, Flash is the paragon of love, and so mm -hmm. she plays into that. Yeah, and so there, it's a little bit of like, well, this is what the story is. Like he's the paragon of love. Okay, I get that. Why is she involved in everything? Like it, exactly. she's she's literally she says the last line to uh to the anti monitor like wherever they are they're gonna get you like why is she the one saying that <laughs> like why it, there's literally Superman is next to him, next to her you have Diggle you have yeah. uh, Pariah I mean you have all these you have well, um, Elongate Man why is so she like, the one after doing she it? said that a couple other of them had some like follow up lines to it but that was like the big line still don't get it man dude I know they push Iris so <laughs> hard in this universe oh my god and that scene that scene where she where um, Barry's talking about how you know um, right before you know, Flash from Earth ninety dies and having that scene together we're like this might be it this is the moment. I didn't buy her crying, like, all this lovey-dovey stuff at all. Like, I'm just, like, so over her. Like, I just want her out. Like, gone. Oh, yeah. I, it's, I know it's bad for me to say, but I just don't, I don't no, that's care about it. You I just don't care about it anymore. And I don't know if you saw now last week, watch it, but Flash this season is terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely terrible. And he's not helping with that at all. And it, it just sucks because they're forcing her into these plot lines. They're forcing her. And... Mm -hmm. If they did it naturally and it, it flowed well and it worked, I wouldn't be complaining. But mm -hmm. they're totally shoving her down your throat. And she's not like, supposed to be the team lead. Flash has yeah. taken a back seat. He's yeah. supposed to be the team guy, the team mm -hmm. leader. He's literally they're like saying, Okay, do this, and he's like, Okay. Yeah. He's always out off doing something and it's, she's like there telling I, everybody why, what to do. I she shouldn't she should not be the team and, lead. She's a reporter. She's a reporter. The anti-monitor chose her to like that she has a role to play in this and she has to go find superman so like stupid. what so stupid. no anyways i i enjoy it you know there's some really cool things i love the batgirl and bat and yes. supergirl stuff yes love it yes. so much so um i i know that it probably won't happen and they're gonna rewrite rewrite everything like they did in infinity war with bringing the earths back oh absolutely yeah absolutely um, but i really wish that they would have the balls to essentially after this crossover there is no supergirl and batwoman it's world's finest and it's supergirl and batwoman it's i yeah. wish they would have the balls to do that. yeah i really I mean, do I, I don't i think we're gonna see them together a lot 100%. more they're not gonna, well they're on different earths no i know so that, still, that we'll see still i do think we will i mean we we've seen characters like on the flash show yeah. where where characters from earth one or two are like they're in the whole season you know what i'm saying so they can figure out a way they are hundred percent gonna do a Batgirl versus Supergirl. Batwoman their, versus their dynamic Supergirl. is so cool. Storyline. They're gonna their, do their it. Dynamic and that's is the so whole cool. point why she has she has the kryptonite and everything. It, they're going. Their dynamic is awesome. There's gonna be a reason why Batwoman has to go take out try to take out yes. Supergirl. I agree with you. I, I think they're that, do that. Um, Ruby Rose plays really well with Melissa Benoist. Yeah. Like really well. They do. Yeah. Um, I, I love all of the cameos that are happening. It's yeah. like overflow sometimes. Like you're like you're trying to look everywhere that's going on, and you're trying to find out. All where right, the so we're gonna are. do. I don't want to spoil too much, but we're gonna do a full fledged spoiler. Review, yes, we but are. 
My prediction was correct. Both, well, both of our yeah, predictions yeah, were yeah, correct. Yeah, we yeah. talked about oh, it after well, the second episode. Before, like, I've been saying oh, yeah, 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 he yeah, was going to yeah, show yeah. up, but then the reason why he shows yeah. up, yes. we were both it makes, correct. It totally yeah. makes sense. Totally makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And, dude, I you should have seen me in that moment. <laughs> I, yeah. I lost my mind. I lost my mind. Well, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, another interesting cameo that happened in that in that scene when, they're sh- when they show the logos like Earth and it's counting down and it says 99 or 666. Yeah. So I when it right says away, that yeah. in the corner, it says Watchmen. So people are thinking that Watchmen on HBO operates on his Earth. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It says Watchmen in the, da- in the bottom, bottom right corner. Does underneath it, Earth 666. Does it really? Yeah. So people are thinking that the Damon Lindelof show that's going on right now I operate on his earth. Interesting. So that, that who knows? Cool. I mean, it'll never come to pass, obviously. But uh, very cool. My, kind my of like an Easter egg, yeah. Uh, that's your Easter egg. That's your cameo. My cameo, Smallville. Yeah. Hold touch the heartstrings. I know that it wasn't much, but it, like I told See, you, I don't watch Smallville. But, I never watched Smallville. But so exactly like I told you, to it's exactly what would have happened ten years after the show went off. It's the sto- That is exactly what that Clark Kent would have done. 10 years after the show, I went off the air. Or 8 years or whatever it was. So when the show ends, um, I guess, I mean, I'm just going to say it's kind of a spoiler in a way. Does he give up his powers? No, the, the, show, the final shot of the, of the, the series is him opening a shirt to go save something at Metropolis. Okay. So he's in Metropolis. Him and Lois Lane are together. He, they work with the So in the show, they never call him Superman. Is that correct? No. But then... Uh, yes and no. I, I don't want to... Yes and no. I'm sorry, okay. yes. So I yes. heard that, though, in the show they never actually call There's him There's a Superman. long... For a long time they don't, but the so, yes the, yes and no. Okay, yes so then no. the, the scene opens up with, like, articles they are panning by, and it's like, Superman saves the day, yeah. and, all, and all these yeah. things. So he, he eventually, like, took on the whole Superman. Which is what the final episode... The final shot of the entire series implied. Yeah. So the, fi- the, the, last, the final time that we see them, uh, Clark and Lois... It, it, there's a flash forward to a few years or something. They are the Superman and Lois that we know. Reporters, okay. yeah, that together, that type of stuff, like Christopher Reeve type of person. I was just expecting him to play a bigger. So was role, I was but... I was I wanted to see him in a suit. Yeah, that's just as a Smallville fan, I wanted to see him. In a suit. It's all right. It's yeah, all right. It but is. one, th- I'm curious. I, we haven't really talked about this. Do you like John Cryer as Lex Luthor? There are moments I like him. Absolutely. I actually like like I don't yeah. love him, but like. For what it? Because when they first cast him, I was like, "What? That's weird." And then for for not expecting to like it, I, I like. I him. don't. I don't know how I feel about him. Uh, what he did. Oh no, episode. I didn't like that. But yeah. just overall, even if they never did that at the end, just his overall the way he plays the character, I think it's fun. I get. I, I get fun. that they're doing like the oh the vil- a villain's got to save the world type of thing, but I did. I don't know how. I, feel. I gotta see how it plays out to see how. I feel. Yeah, we'll see. And it sucks because what it takes away. Yes. You know it, what I mean, dude. He, that who he takes away from, awesome. It's awesome. crazy because we never. This is bigger. We never. It's a movie. A theatrical movie. Superman is in this TV world now. Like that's crazy. Well, and he canonized Christopher Reeve Superman. That's true. So that technically because he talked. He goes. He goes. Well, this is the second time I fought myself. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's from well, Superman Four or well, whatever it is. So when Brian Singer made that Superman, he said it's a direct sequel yes. to Superman Two. Yes. So technically, that's Christopher Reeve Superman, 100%. 100%. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I think that's so cool. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like you go into these, you're not expecting much. Like it's just cheesy fun, right? But you know, we care about these shows, so I'm having a good time. Um, last thing, how did you feel? You don't, you never watched Black Lightning. How did you feel about his Love character? Him. I think he's awesome. He's, I, well, it's funny. I actually thought about it afterwards. I'm like, I don't have to binge the series. Dude, he's, yeah. he's one of my favorite characters in the Arrowverse. I wish he had more to do, yeah. but he's not a paragon. Exactly. He's not a paragon. Exactly. And, dude, because I do watch this show. So when he first shows up and he finds out that his Earth is gone, it was heartbreaking, man. Yeah, 100%. Um, heartbreaking. So I, I will say one final thing before we move on. Uh, Oliver is going to be eighth paragon. And he's now has superpowers because he's Spectre. Standing right now. Interesting. So, is there an eighth paragon though? As of right now, no. Well, in in the the trailer, he's like, "There's only eight of us." So, like, oh, did he say that? Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't watch any trailers. Oh, he's like, "It's the eight of us," and then. Oh, it, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, so uh, I was at the Smoke Down last weekend, um, and uh, I, I, we'll talk about it at a later date or whatever. But um, I got I talked to Koi Jondru for like ten minutes. 
Okay. And he the day before or two days beforehand, he had Stephen Amell and Robbie Amell in there for the movie Code Eight. He had an interview with them, and Stephen Amell told him he said, "Yeah, I had this really grueling twenty minute fight scene for episode. That's the last episode of the crossover." So I'm thinking nice. he's the eighth paragon and he's back in the fold kicking ass. And, well, that and then he didn't he tweet something like all the Yeah, I showed you yeah, that he yeah, said yeah. Yeah, he said that it's the most epic fight scene in the history of the Arrowverse or whatever. I hope they're you know, I hope they're not fighting like creatures. I don't know what they're gonna fight, but I hope it's not those ghost creatures. Yeah, exactly. That's the fight I'm... scene was cool, but I hope it's not the ghost creatures. Yeah, because we we already saw it. That's and, easy to do. And by the way, I mean so that's the first episode, right? When he fights those ghost creatures, like what he did was epic in that moment because yeah. he saved a billion. People. He saved an entire world, essentially. Yeah, he, well, they well, said half the world. So they saved like four, three or four billion people. Half the world, and because of what he did, he saved a billion people. Like that's that's a big deal. Like, <laughs> that's a hero. That's yeah. That's a hero, and, dude. Yeah, um, we'll we'll see how it pans out. We'll There's get into a, a full yeah. spoil. It's hard to not go into full spoilers. We but kind of spoiled some things. We'll, but... we'll get into a complete. We'll probably take an hour long review. Oh yeah, we'll just do the whole January. thing. It's kind of like reviewing. It's going to end movie, so epically, though. You know? We might have to do like a watch along the last episode. Yeah, really cool. I think it would be so cool to like watch the whole thing without any commercial interruptions and just all like the runtime would probably be the length of a like a long movie like a two hour two maybe, and a half I, maybe hour i find movie. a way to cut it all together that would be really cool because i bet you it would flow a lot better that way definitely totally. all right jake what is our hot topic of the week man yeah so we have um we have some really cool news that well, you're crisis like. crisis was our hot topic yeah so until, uh, notes yeah. changed um it happened last night and uh on my way home from work after i finished the notes and everything um some news dropped for power rangers um there is an officially or sorry excuse me officially a Power Rangers reboot is in the works from Paramount. Um, and after the most recent reboot that happened years ago, Paramount actually bought the pro- uh, the property from um, Sabe? Saban, yeah. Saban? Yeah. Um, and so this comes from The Hollywood Reporter who had the exclusive. And they revealed that this is fully in Paramount's court now. This is their job to do. Well, um, Paramount is... They make the Transformers movies, right? Yes. So they and- have a... They work with Hasbro. Yes, yeah. and exactly. So they comp- they they uh, they work together, and they have a, a studio company called uh, Allspark Productions, yes. um, and that's what it will be run through. And uh, just little details on this: there's no uh, details as far as release dates or anything, but it comes from the director of uh, a Netflix show. Oh my God! Why the end of the effing world? Um, and his name. Oh my God! Where he has a very unique. His last name is Entwistle. Yeah. Um. And so he's from the creator of the Netflix show, The End of the Effing World, which is a very, very powerful show, very good show. The second season uh, just dropped last month. And this comes from The Hollywood Reporter, and they uh, reveal some details about the movie and storyline, and it goes as the following. Um, it says, Now in Paramount's Court, Rangers is getting rebooted once more in a way that hopes to bring the franchise to its roots. The story is said to involve a time travel element that brings the kids to the 1990s and... Uh, and in Back to the Future fashion, they have to find a way to get back to their present. Uh, Patrick Burley, who wrote the upcoming Peter Rabbit 2, is penning the script. Um, we have our resident Power Rangers fan in here. Um, and it's just so fitting that it's the two of us today. All right, man, what do you think? Uh, Power Rangers reboot from this from this filmmaker, this storyline called Rangers at the moment? Yeah. I think. So, yeah, full disclosure, as Jake said, I am a Power Rangers fanatic, <laughs> particularly... Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, that's what I grew up on. But I love a lot of the, oh, I love a lot of the seasons after that. And I've been waiting, like, you know, this is the type of thing where you just wait for it. And the thing for me, it sucks because, you know, that last Power Rangers movie was a huge flop at the box office. There's no denying that. I will say this. I I like that movie the more more and more every time I watch it. The thing is, I'm not... I love the movie, but I'm saying financially yes. it's a flop. Financially, it had a hundred million dollar budget. It made 140 million. That means they lost money, marketing and everything. Yeah, yeah. They lost money. So, but I I love that movie and I wanted a sequel to it. But it makes sense that they're not doing one. It, it makes especially because that was a Lionsgate thing and they already sold it to Hasbro. All those things. Not having seen End of the Effing World and not having Peter Rabbit two. Who knows. <laughs> that better be the greatest movie of all time for me to get excited. In your eyes, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, regardless of those things, I love this news. Because, first of all, 
for making one. Thank you, Hasbro, and thank you, Paramount, for giving this another shot because I think do it right and you just got to catch lightning in a bottle with this thing. Like, you, you have to because it's not, even though it, it's a, everyone knows who, what Power Rangers are, it's, it's not like this huge thing where everybody's a big fan of. Like, general people aren't like, you know, like, it's cool to like Marvel and Star Wars. It's not cool to like Power Rangers. You know what I mean? And so you have to, like, appeal to mass audiences somehow. And I love this concept of going back to the 90s because that's when the show originally aired. And the show is so 90s. It's so cheesy. And the, the clothes they wear and they, they hang out at a juice bar and they do karate. And it's just so 90s. And for them to, whatever, they're in modern day and they have to go back. They go, they get sent back to the 90s. And then I want to see that environment of the original TV show. And the thing with that is you can have the cheesiness of the TV show because you're making fun of it because they're in the past in the 90s. I think this concept is brilliant because you tried to do a straight reboot, like a young adult, like a serious type reboot. You tried that while I loved it. It, it didn't resonate with me. So you got to try something new. And this is new now. Go for the, the cheesiness. Have fun. Take it seriously, but have fun with it. And I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that uh, the, the the coolest thing about this outside of the, the storyline, because when I think of Power Rangers, that's not what I think of. And I think it's totally different. And it, it Time travel is a very hot commodity. It is. It's in a lot of uh, properties. And I think it's cool to kind of play off this. I'm not I didn't watch Power Rangers growing up, but um, I know of it. Yeah. Um, and I like I said, I, I like the reboot. And I like it more and more as I watched it. but. The coolest thing about this is that they're not getting a young adult director to direct the movie. Yeah. It's from a guy who does vulgar stuff like The End of the Effing World, which is it. the show follows two teenagers who go on a road trip and one of them believes he's a socio, sociopath. Yeah, I read the synopsis of that show and I was like, like, whoa. It's a wild show and you're getting someone who, outside the box, would not fit this property usually. He's He's got to be a fan. Exactly. He's got to be exactly. a fan. Exactly. And there's a, there's a lot of times where this really works, and I hope that this does. Um, the coolest part about this, though, the one thing that I want to see from this is a G.I. Joe Transformers Power Rangers <laughs> crossover. You've been saying that since I want to say I want to see Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Power Now that they're all at Paramount and under AllSpark, I want to see a crossover. Give me a universe <laughs> with Power Rangers, Transformers, and G.I. Joe. That would oh be incredible. God. Uh, all right. Give me the multiverse. They're all living on different Earths and everything. Okay. Look, my <laughs> first reaction to that is hell no. <laughs> but I said this when this happened because we talked about this. Like Transformers and Power Rangers cross crossover. Like with the robots and the Zords, it, it could work. What if the Transformers were their Zords? That would be crazy. Or Optimus Prime was or they the, have with to the Red fight Ranger. Transformers. Like it's just crazy. Transformers but... versus Power Rangers? That'd be epic. Yes. So the thing, all right. I would say hell no at first, but if this is the way to make sure we get Power Rangers movies, I don't care. However we can get Power Rangers movies, if you have to cross it over with Power Rangers and G.I. Joe, <laughs> screw it. Let's do it. I don't care. Oh, Just give man. me... I was. I wanted there to be... Even though it was stupid, I wanted that six-plan movie plan, <laughs> and it just didn't work out. And I'm glad they're just announcing one film. Like, just see how this works. Do a, whatever the budget's going to be, like... It can't be too much. Totally. Do a decent budget. Make four fifty at the box office. Just please. I just want something, you know? I, I, I do think that yeah. um if I if say you were to throw the the reboot from twenty seventeen and this one at me at the same time, nine times out of ten I would probably take this one. Because it's it's taking the mythology of what I know yeah. personally and putting a cool spin on it. Mm -hmm. Rather than just essentially what the reboot did is take the Power Rangers property, do exactly what the Power Rangers property is, but put it in modern day. Exactly. So that's the thing for me is they could have said, we're going to do a Power Rangers, a period piece in the 90s. I like this way more because if you're doing a period piece in the 90s, you're just, okay, you're in the 90s. That's it. But if you do a time travel thing, it's going to be like these characters live in modern day and be like, the hell is this world like why are people dressed like this like what's going on it's gonna be that fish out of water type thing for for five maybe six characters well, it's the same thing we do we talk about with the disney live action reboots we have the animated movie give us something different 
you have the Power Rangers property that mm-hmm. went on for so long. Give us something different. Absolutely. And so I don't know, and obviously nobody knows whether we're going to get the original Mighty Morphin team as the Rangers in the modern day or re- or future. So if it's just like the traditional, you know, Jason, Kimberly, um, Billy, Zach, Trini thing, I don't know. Thing is, there's a very popular season of, tel- of Power Rangers called Power Rangers Time Force. And I have I watched it this past year for the first time. Well, I saw it as a kid a little bit, but I didn't I never I was never as invested as I was in the original show. That season is awesome. And there's characters in that season that are incredible. And there's particularly the leader of the team is the Pink Ranger, and it's a girl, and her name's Jen. I like that. And she's cool. In the comic, in the recent comics, the Shattered Grid thing where with where they introduced the Lord Draken character and it was a huge thing. Um, like she is her character ends up like um like her team gets killed and she ends up time traveling or like going to the universe where the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are and working with just her is working with them to take try to take down Lord Draken. So I wouldn't be surprised because the thing is, as for Power Ranger fans. Lord Draken is the greatest thing to happen to Power Rangers since the show started. Like, that character is huge. He's basically, he's, he's the Green Ranger um, who becomes the White Ranger. Because the Green, when the Green Ranger first appears in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, he's a bad guy. Um, Rita gives him the Green Power Coin, and he goes after the Rangers and fights them, and he has the Green Dragon's Order and everything. He's bad. So basically, Lord Draken is from an alternate timeline where he never became good and joined the Power Rangers. He stayed bad and conquered the world with Rita, killed Rita, and became like the lord of this world. And then he finds out there's parallel universes and he starts taking, starts killing every Ranger team Multiverse. from every universe. Yes. He's literally the anti-monitor. Kind of, yeah. So <laughs> if you do, if there's time travel in this movie, like there's so many things you can do. You can take, you can use Jen from Time Force. Maybe it's the Time Force team who goes back to the 90s or maybe the Mighty Morphin right, team and they is work there, together. and they work together. And then if they go, the Lord Draken character is so popular that they can introduce him in there, and it would be epic. So I buy this. I, I love it. Let me ask you one thing before we move on here. Um, you want an origin story or no? No, I don't want an origin story. Look, we already tried this. Let's let's go into it. Whether it's the Mighty Morphin team, whether it's the Time Force team, start the movie in present day where. They're already a team of rangers, and they're already working together. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Origin stories are great, but we've seen tons of movies where these characters are already established, and they're going on an adventure. We don't need to know how they got this thing. There's another way they can go where you have these teenagers in present day, and they're not even Power Rangers yet. Then they get sent back in time somehow, and they get their powers in the 90s, and then they have to go back to modern day. That could be cool. But again, think the prob- one of the problems with the 2017 reboot is they took so damn long to become the Power Rangers. Suits, they don't even yeah. get into their suits until the last 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. There's no action until the last 30 minutes of the movie. They were banking on sequels and stuff. Exactly. So, no, I, I want um, an established team or maybe one established team and one team who becomes Power Rangers. Something like that. Cool. cool. All right. Well, let's move on to our next topic away from a hot take. Uh our next topic is the Wonder Woman trailer. I know this came out last Sunday. Uh, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be a week old. But we have not gotten a chance to talk about it yet. Um, and I know that, uh, again, it's been out there. So we're going to take a quick amount of time here to kind of just cover a little bit our thoughts. The question that I have, um, because it is a pretty big uh, topic, is does the trailer get you more excited, less excited, or are you sitting in the same spot you were before you saw it? So, um Jacob, out of the five of us, you're probably the one who liked Wonder Woman the most. Yeah. Um, so. Thoughts on the first look at, at Wonder Woman 1984? I, this trailer is awesome. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. Look, it's, there's a few question marks for me. Yeah, totally. But, I'm you. Um, you know, it's the first trailer. It's a, it's a hey. It's a long one, first it's trailer. It's a hey, Wonder Woman 2's coming trailer. So, for that, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't, even though I hate when they kill characters, bring them back, I don't care. Give me Steve Trevor back. I, Chris Pine in 
first Wonder Woman movie is so damn good. And there's an argument to be made that the movie doesn't work without him. That's, and that's very true. No, uh, the first one? The first one doesn't work without him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You could have done the second one without without. 100%. Him. But the first been one wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah, he's not in there, no way. So I'm glad that... And I, the thing is, I don't think he's the main plot. He's going to be a big part of it, but he's not the main plot. Um, And there's theories as to how he's back. I have my theory. Um, Which is? I think... And this is the way they set it up. Look, trailer, in my opinion. So Dr. Minerva... Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for her and Diana develop a relationship. They're talking about, oh, I had this first love. Like, he, I don't. Did she tell him he died or something like that? Oh, not in the trailer. We don't something, know. But yeah. And then <laughs> I like the Kristen Wiig line. She's like, oh, I've had many, like, <laughs> many loves or whatever. Yeah. That, it was funny. Um, and I'm actually, I, I'm not judging till I see it. I'm, I'm okay with Kristen Wiig as, as Doctor Minerva. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Um. So, and it adds. It's another thing where, look. I love Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, but she needs other actors around her to elevate her. And um, Kristen Wiig can do that. So I think, so Dr. Minerva is like, she's, depending on, you know, how you look at her story, she's a genius, very intellectual. I think she finds a way to bring Steve Trevor back for her. Because they show her, they're talking about it, and then it cuts to her, like, working on something, and then they show Steve Trevor back. And it's like, I think she... Whether it's time travel or some other form, he finds a way to bring him back. There's also... I think it's Maxwell Lord, Pedro Pascal's character. Oh, okay. That's my theory. Because there's a moment in the trailer where he's playing with some artifact. Mm, okay, and maybe, that's possible. Maybe I think that um, he wants something from Diana or she makes a deal with him and brings him back somehow or whatever. But yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to be the main plot. Um, or you can say the gods brought him back. For yeah, exactly. As a gift for Diana. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it'll be very interesting. I just I hope that I don't walk out of the theater being like, "Cool, he's he's he was back," but why? Like, why do like why do why? I care about him being? Back? I'm just confused because I'm not confused, but it's because like, all right, we know when we see Wonder Woman in Justice League, where's Steve Trevor's not around. So so it, does she lose him again? It, Probably. And and Bruce in Justice League, Bruce Wayne says to her he talks about it. He says like, oh he says something about like Well oh, he found the picture or whatever. Yeah, and, and he, he says like some smart ass remark to her, like couldn't save him or something uh-huh. like that, you yeah. know, when they're all arguing. And it's like, okay, we thought he was talking about the events in Wonder Woman One. So does she lose him again? More than likely. Like look, I don't wanna see that you can't do that again. Like where sacrifices himself at the end but like, unless there's some type of trickery going on and it's not really there that's that's the other theory that's going around that he may just be a, a figure to her yeah per se. but i love that because i love him there because in the first movie he's the fish out of water going from the mascara to the real world trash can left. now he's the fish because <laughs> now diana knows yeah she's she's been there for 40 years aware. or whatever yeah. she knows the world now she's basically no different than the people walking around other than she's superpowered, obviously, and everything, but like he now he's not familiar with the world around him, so it's going to be a, a role reversal. Totally, uh, I think the trailer looks really cool. A lot of cool action scenes going on. Yes, um, what is, riding riding lightning, lightning she, so sick! I can't like, wait to see that fully play out. She's it's like Spider Man swinging on buildings, but did, she's using. Her. Did you see there was a there was a gift that someone added together, and it, it started out with Zachary Levi from Shazam playing with lightning. And then it moved to her swinging on lightning, dude. It, it's I'm not saying it's no, gonna no, no. happen. It's not gonna happen. But, but I'm just saying. Imagine you just like made me realize like I want to see them on screen together. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, yeah. a lot of cool shots though. As far as Wonder Woman stuff goes, I love the music. I love the tone, the setting. Eighty stuff just really it, it really sticks out to me. Um, very interested to see how she gets her gold suit. Um, the Golden yeah, Eagle, as they call it, very crazy. very intrigued. So I think that looks really strong. The only question I really have is the scene, Trevor. I think Pedro Pascal looks great too. Yeah, which I'm okay with Steve Trevor being back. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with him as long as long as it works. Yeah, as long as it works. Yeah, the explanation, and we don't need explanation for everything in every movie, but for that you need explanation. So the explanation better be good. Totally. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our next trailer. We have a second big trailer that dropped this week earlier. Again, it dropped on Monday morning. I haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, and that is the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. Um, this movie is taking place after Ghostbusters Two. Everything that has came afterwards is no longer. They're doing the uh, the Halloween effect, if you will. And this comes from Jason Reitman, 
um, who has a really, really good track record with film. Um, but he's directly involved. Obviously, his father was involved with the first two movies. And so um, he comes back and he's directing a movie that stars Paul Rudd and, um, oh, my God, the kid from Stranger's Thing. Yeah, I was just looking um, up his name. It's uh, Will something, right? Will, uh, no, it's a... Uh, the Will Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard. There yeah. it is. Finn Wolfhard. Um, yeah. So I mean, hey, uh, this movie didn't really know what to expect with it. Um, Ghostbusters has been in a struggle. Obviously, the reboot in 2016 was the all woman one. Um, it wasn't terrible. Just it wasn't. It, financially, it was a bomb. Financially, it was a bomb. It didn't make a lot of money. A lot of people didn't like it. And so uh, they went in a different direction. Jason Reitman, the son of uh, Ivan Reitman, who was involved with the first two comes in with a story and they really like it. I think the trailer looks I think it looks really good. Um, Paul Rudd fits this universe. He really does. He fits the universe with a bunch of kids as well. He kind of seems yeah. like that science teacher. He really plays that, mm-hmm. that role really well. Um, and I like that it's kind of taking a step back on being like super rambunctious with like ghosts and colors and stuff. It really seems very secluded. Um, and I, I think that the stuff with the Echo and the song and just like the way that it sounds and everything just feels like Ghostbusters. It has me really, really. This trailer completely caught me off guard. I was expecting like the, as soon as it starts, you hear the Ghostbusters theme and like, it's all, it up, takes a while. It's all upbeat. Yeah. And like, you see all the green ghosts flying around complete opposite <laughs> of that. And I liked it because yeah. I, to be honest with you and look, I'm not, I'm no, diehard Ghostbusters fan. I, I love the first movie. It's, it's you know, it's a uh, classic, but I I wasn't excited for this movie, to be honest. I wasn't. And I liked the I liked the reboot. It wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it. It was funny. <laughs> but I just always remember um Chris Pratt, uh, no, not Chris Pratt, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he was hilarious in that movie. Um and as well as all the women were hilarious in that movie too. But I um I was not that excited for this movie. And I was just like I, I just kind of felt like Ghostbusters was something that just either let it breathe or just let it go, you know? Okay. And after watching this trailer, I kind of changed my mind because it, at first I was, it was, had a horror vibe to me. Which I really love. Which the first one kind of does. Yeah, it does. And, but, you know, the thing is, like, I always think of Ghostbusters, like, as a comedy first. I don't know why. Bill I, I Murray, science you know, Dan Aykroyd. Comedy. And this felt more like a science fiction horror film first. And then I'm sure there's comedic elements involved, obviously. You can't get rid of the identity of what Ghostbusters is. But it doesn't have to... Not all jokes right away first, like they tried to do with the 2016 one. So I enjoy this. Um, I was expecting the original cast to be in it a lot more. I don't know why. I thought that was the whole point of them making this movie. And I know they're in it. Some of them, obviously. I think... Uh, Bill Murray sure. and Dan Aykroyd yes. are in it. Yeah. Um, I I wish um, what's his Carol Ramis? Yes. What the hell, man? He retired from acting. He's living life as a father. Yeah, that would be so cool. I know, right? <laughs> but um, I I really enjoyed this trailer to be honest. Yeah, I think I'm it's great. I'm a huge Paul Rudd fan. So anything he's in, I'm in he for. just he fits that role so well. Yeah. Really does. And he's not playing like jokey Paul Rudd as much. I'm sure he always is funny, but he, he's not gonna be like even not going to be even as comedic as his Ant-Man character totally. is you know it's totally. going to be more grounded cool um all right well let's move on to our next topic we are at 53 minutes so we're gonna have to hurry through these next three um and we have three big stories that we can talk about here first one is the flash we're hitting up uh, dc again second of our three topics we have for the dc universe um and after all the struggles and uh just nonsense that's been going on with this project uh, the Flash has gotten an official release date from uh, Warner Brothers, and it's set for July 1st of 2022. That's according to The Wrap, um, who, who broke this story. And I'm going to run through some some details that this project has gone through since 2015, just to kind of give an idea of what's going on here. It's uh, currently uh, slated to be directed by Andy Muschietti, who did the It movies. Um, but before that, there were three or four different names who were attached for the project. And in 2015, Chris Miller and Phil Lord... Uh, joined the project as writers and they were possibly going to direct, but they left the project to do a film solo, a Star Wars story. Y'all know how that turned out. After that, Sam Graham Smith, who did the Dark Shadows movie, uh, was hired as a replacement to write and direct, and he eventually left because of creative differences. 
and then he was replaced by Rick Famuyiwa. Um, but he too left because of creative differences not too long after that. Um, and some time passed. And then uh, Ezra Miller himself, The Flash, was teaming up with comics legend Grant Morrison. This is a report. Was teaming up with Grant Morrison for a darker tone on the character. Uh, but no, no reports or anything uh, came out saying that that actually moved forward. As of right now, Bumblebee writer Christina Hodson is attached to pen the script uh, with Andy Muschietti. I'm sure he's going to have a hand in this as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, there's been a lot of stuff going on with this project over the past couple of years. Uh, but now that it's got an official release date, I want to kind of talk about a little bit. Is this movie actually going to happen? Is it actually going to happen? I don't know. I, look, you know, yes. I'm going to be optimistic. But yes. It's hard for me to when you had so many. I was so excited when they announced Rick Famuyiwa. I was like, yes, it's awesome. And then I forgot who they cast to play Iris, but I know the actress in my head, but I can't remember the name. That the girl from Dope, who was yes. in work with Rick yes. Famuyiwa. Yes. So is she still cast uh, as Iris? Kiersey Clemens? Yes. Kiersey yeah. Clemens. I, who knows? But and is Ezra Miller still going to play The Flash? As of right now, he is. Yeah. So that, I, I know you don't. I actually like Ezra Miller as The Flash. And the thing is, I don't think... I think they're going to kind of rework the character a little bit. He's still going to be the same character from Justice League, but I think they're going to bring something different to the character. Um, I I'm going to say yes because, you know, Andy Muschietti worked with Warner Brothers on the It movies, and they were successful. If you find them both, they made over like $1.2, $1.3 million for... Most successful horror movies. Yeah, life. exactly. So they're... They're very sick. They don't want to piss him off. He's a very successful director now. And I'm sure, I, I think it's going to happen now, especially because um, the leadership at Warner Brothers has gotten its stuff together. And yeah. especially with the DC properties lately, it seems like even if it's not a shared cinematic universe, they're working. They have a vision for their DC properties and it's working. So I'm going to say, yes, we're going to see it. And, you know, I want to. I, I don't know how the world is going to perceive a Flash movie. But I'm ex I'm excited for it because I love the character. Yeah, I, Fl Flash is. Uh, I think I've said this. Um, he I have oddball choices for DC. I, Flash and Aquaman, Aquaman are my two yeah. favorite DC characters. Um, so I, I hold them in a special place. And I've always said uh, Ezra Miller just doesn't fit Barry Allen for me, um, especially how he was portrayed in Justice League. Uh, for me, anyway. Not to say that I, that that mindset can't be changed. Um, I hope that's the case. I hope it's kind of taken away from the darker tone. That's given a little bit of a brighter filter because that's kind of how Barry Allen is. Um, that's how the Flash is, and not to say that there's not bad things that happen, but um, there's things that you know he lives in a little bit of a lighter world than a Swain or like a Wonder Woman. So yeah, um, I do like Andy Muschietti as a director. I think that he can bring a lot to a property. Um, I'm interested to see what uh, Christina Hodgson can bring as a writer and what the script's going to look like, and how much they really rework it to be on its own because universe really is kind of working on its own sides right now you know aquaman's over here wonder Woman's over here flash is over here oh batman or superman yeah and um, the, the bumblebee rider being attached is very promising and yeah because that, that movie was really like, good that tone of bumblebee i want the tone uh, yeah, in totally. flash I, i'm with you that i'm 100 with you yeah um and so I, i'll hold out right now i'll kind of withstand judgment because i don't know if it's ever going to happen but the fact that andy muschietti is attached that a writer's attached and that, you know, they give it a release date, it's it's a good sign. Yeah, moving forward. for sure. Um, all right, next topic. Uh, we have some horror news, talking about horror movies a little bit. Um, the Conjuring 3 has given an official title and synopsis for the movie, um, and it is officially going to be titled The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Um, just a little note before we get the synopsis. James Wan is not directing the movie. It is being directed by the curse of the L of La Lorna director Michael Chaves, I think is how you say his name. Um, and it has been given a release date of September 11, 2020. Uh, so it comes out just next year very quickly. And here's a little synopsis for the movie. Uh, the Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It reveals a chilling story of terror, murder, and unknown evil that shocked an evil experienced real-life paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. One of the most sensational cases from their files starts with a fight for the soul of a young boy who takes them beyond anything they've ever seen before. It marked the first time in U.S. history that a murder suspect possession and um i mean the back end of that synopsis is very interesting yes um very very interesting as far as horror historical stuff because this is all true life stuff it's all actually happened to these characters um james wan not directing 
kind of makes me nervous a little bit because the first two Conjuring movies were incredible and they're kind of his thing. Um, and this universe for The Conjuring is a moneymaker for Warner Brothers and James Wan is, is the reason why. Uh, and so just like The Flash, I'll kind of withstand judgment for now because I like the first two more uh, Conjuring movies. And James Wan, even though he doesn't direct, he always seems to be incredibly involved with projects. And that does give me some hope. Yeah, when I... The title is very cheesy, so... All right, so, when they... And Conjuring is my favorite movie, horror movie of all time. It is it is the best horror movie ever made. And when I saw James Wan wasn't directing, I completely lost interest. But I haven't seen The Curse of Alona, but, you know, I think James Wan, he helps pick these directors, I think. He kind of... Ele- He's gotten the a lot of horror directors like their, Ryan their Sanders, or Ra- the guy who did Shazam yeah, and yeah. Uh, Annabelle mm-hmm. too. So I and the thing is, other than Annabelle Creation, all the other horror movies that are in the Conjuring universe that James Wan didn't direct have been bad. Um, and even Annabelle. the Insidious sequels, other than I love the first Insidious. James Wan directed the second one. I don't love the second one. It's a good movie, though, but he didn't direct the other two, and those are bad. So I always get hesitant not directing, but the one thing that I like is the background story of, of how it's the first case in U.S. history where somebody claimed demonic things made him do it. That's interesting. If James Wan was directing, I would be like, oh, damn, I'm so excited yep. for this. Not we'll really. See. We'll see. Um... And the thing is, the che- the title is cheesy, but it fits the backstory, though. As far as the synopsis goes, yeah. 100%. Yeah, if yeah, the totally. movie was just called The Devil Made Me Do It, just that, <laughs> it might be better. But The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Not a great title. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, all right, well, sticking with Warner Brothers and another DC topic. A lot of Warner Brothers. A lot of Warner Brothers. And stuff. DC is stuff. Ghostbusters so many. Where's Geo this episode? Man? I know, right? I know, right? Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> Birds of Prey. And, uh, director Kathy Ann had some very interesting comments for Birds of Prey. Um, and when she was asked, uh, if Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, there was a certain amount of time between the movies, uh, she said the following, there is not any known amount of time. No, it kind of exists in a parallel timeline. Um, obviously this could just be surface value comments for responding to something and not really thinking about what she's saying, but it could also mean something outside of that as well because of what's been going on with Joker and the Batman doing its own thing as well. Um, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie, she was in Suicide Squad, she's in this. Jared Leto's not in this. Does it exist in multiple time? I hate this, man. <laughs> I freaking hate this. This is... Like, you can just make any movie and then make a sequel to it and say, just in a different timeline. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I guess when you're dealing with comic book stuff and... You know, you can do whatever you want, but I, you know, whatever. It's it's Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn. I'm in. With you. I'm in, and I'm she's with you. producing it. She chose the director. This is Margot Robbie's love child of film. And it so, looks it looks fun so far. It does. It looks and like I, a lot of fun. And the thing for me, I love the Harley Quinn character. I love when, she, when she's like, ooh, it's a sleepover. Let's order some pizza. That is 100%. <laughs> A Harley Quinn thing to say, if like that's what the character is in the comics. So I'm excited for. It. I just still I keep going back to this. Why does a Harley Quinn movie have to be Birds of Prey? It doesn't make any sense to me at all. She's not a bird. You should have just made a Harley Quinn movie yeah. with maybe she's working with the Birds of Prey, like we said, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Yeah, call it that. But dope. this is technically a Birds of Prey movie, but it's more about Harley Quinn. But I'm just in. We got her little. Uh, Hyena or cheetah dog, hyena, yeah, hyena. Yeah. I love that, yeah. so I'm in. But this is ridiculous. I, you know, I know Suicide Squad is, cool. it sucks basically. Bottom line, but you know, it's still it happened. Say it's the same characters, just in the same timeline, and just move forward. Well, I'm still you. make a great hundred percent movie. I think yeah. that uh, you know, if it exists in a parallel timeline, that's dumb. Yeah, it's completely dumb. Just forget about what happened in the past. Just exactly. make something cool. Um, and and the fact that she's also going to be in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which is even more interesting. So yeah, exactly. Um, and think about this: what if they were like, "All right, we're doing Iron Man four, 
but it exists in a different timeline. It's like, like a, it's a what if. Story. We would be like, no, yeah. you can't do that. You <laughs> did this in Endgame. Leave it and yeah. continue. So yeah, totally. just to compare, you know, we would think it's dumb. Totally, so I totally. Think it's dumb. Um, yeah. I like what I see so far. I'm not like ecstatic about it, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very. I'm just glad we're seeing the character back. Yeah, like totally. I wanted the character back in some way. Totally, I'm yeah. with you. I, I think that she's great. She's definitely the bright spot of Suicide Squad. Um, her and anything I think is awesome. I think that all the characters around her look like a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan McGregor as Black Mask yeah, is really, really cool. Fun, yeah. So uh, if it's an alternate timeline, shame on you guys. Uh, but for the movie itself, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so, me too. Um, all right, well, let's move on, guys. Our final section of the day, we have what we're looking to be looking forward to. And this is a tough one. Not I mean, much have, coming we out. We have some big, big Not movies much coming, coming out, out that are really going to compete <laughs> with each other. Um, we have Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and Cats. I mean... I gotta go with Cats, man. I, hey, I'm, I might be there with you. Yeah. Might be there T. with Swizzle, you. come on. I'm going to Cats Thursday night, so... Are you really? No, God no. <laughs> no, God no, come on. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker, oh my goodness, my most anticipated movie of the year. I can't even, us two out of the five of us, how did it I can't one? even wrap my head around the fact that I'm watching it in less than a week from now. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to be a different person after watching this movie. We're going at the opening showing here on the West Coast. We are going to be at 6, 6 p.m. Early, early. I'm early. driving straight from work to the theater. It's, so am I. So I, think like, I get off well. at 5.15. <laughs> like, oh, man. You can't get off earlier? I might. I don't you know. I have to. Traffic-wise. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's... You don't even need to. We're going to just... I guess I can plug this for uh, the Padawan. that's going to be coming out on Tuesday. Um, we're previewing the movie. Jacob and I, we're going to be talking about questions and predictions that we have for the movie. Um, things that are going to be going down and so um yeah i mean we don't really need to talk about why we're looking forward to it we're so- so. absolutely that's gonna do it for apocalypse now for this episode that was a fun conversation i i'm surprised we went so long considering I'm, there's two we're of sitting us. at an hour and six right now uh, yeah Terrible. a little bit longer we than jammed we through go. the back stuff yeah a little yeah. bit longer than we usually go but we had some big stuff to talk about we didn't even we plan did. to talk about power rangers until last night yep. so basically we had a full show and added that <laughs> but that's gonna do it for today Thank everybody for watching. We really appreciate it. Let us know in the comment section what you thought about all of the topics that we talked about. We would love to hear your thoughts and have some conversations with you. That is Jake Berlin over there behind the controls. Thank you, Jake. That was fun. Thanks for putting this fun show together. I am Jacob Bartley, your host, and thank you for watching again. We will see you all next time. Hey, everyone. Jacob Bartley here. Thanks for watching. If you want to check out something similar from Apocalypse Movies, click this video up here. You want something a little bit different? check out this video down here. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to Apocalypse Movies and let us know your thoughts in the comments section. We always love to hear from you. Thanks for watching.